Welcome to the Shine Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Kunarian, and I am so grateful that you are here. I'm a wife, mother of three boys, certified massage therapist, and an alcohol-free sobriety coach who helps driven women break through their alcohol dependency without the traditional 12-step program. Each week, I will bring you inspiring guests with focus on mindset, health, and spirituality, providing you the tips and tools to help you create unshakable confidence, clarity, and energy so you can unleash your creative potential and live the life of your dreams alcohol-free. So tune in for some fun, and if you are ready to shine, welcome. Hello, beautiful listeners. I have some exhilarating news that I'm thrilled to share with you all. Are you ready to ignite that inner spark of confidence and embrace a life brimming with vitality? Whether you're pondering a life without alcohol, taking those first empowering steps into sobriety, or looking for rejuvenation post-alcohol, I have the perfect occasion lined up for you. So mark your calendars for September 25th at 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and prepare to dive into a transformative day with my Revive and Thrive Academy. This is the haven for incredible women just like you, eager to rediscover and celebrate their true selves beyond the bottle. And in honor of National Recovery Month, this day promises to be nothing short of spectacular. As always, I will be right by your side, cheering you on and guiding you every step of the way. Now, for those tantalizing details and updates on what's in store, make sure you follow me on Instagram at shine underscore Gina Kunarian, or you can find me on Facebook. I promise you, you won't want to miss out on the buzz and behind the scenes peaks. Don't forget to check the show notes to find the link where you can follow me. Today, we're diving deep into the interconnected world of fertility and functional medicine. In our modern lives filled with countless choices, how can we make those that not only benefit us, but the generations to come? From the products we use to the food we consume, every decision has an impact. Today's special guest will help us navigate this journey with a message of hope, gradual change, and the power of informed choices. So sit back, relax, and let's embark on this enlightening journey together. Welcome back to the Shine Within podcast. I want to go ahead and welcome Jacqueline Downs. She stands at the forefront of functional nutrigenomics, offering a fresh perspective on fertility challenges. As the esteemed author of Enhancing Fertility Through Functional Medicine, Using Nutrigenomics to Solve Unexplained Infertility, she dives deep into the genomic interpretation and pairs it with functional lab tests. Through a meticulous intake consultation, Jacqueline collaborates with health practitioners and clients alike in navigating through perplexing health blocks to address the fundamental causes of inflammation and imbalance. Thank you so much for coming on my show today, Jacqueline. Oh, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Yeah. So could you just briefly describe the main thesis of your book, um, Enhancing Fertility Through Functional Medicine, and how you became interested in the connection between functional medicine and fertility? Okay. So the premise of the book is that uh, it, it addresses common, very common, but lesser known causes of inflammation. And uh, a lot of times the current MO with fertility is to just force hormones into a specific range. But like, for instance, assisted reproductive technologies only have a 
maybe 20 or 30% success rate because they're not addressing the root cause of why the body feels that now is not a good or optimal or safe time to procreate. The hormones are just the messengers. So my book uh, dives really deep into things that can cause the hormones to be out of balance or the body to uh, temporarily halt mating ability. Oh, I was gonna say in one of your chapters, um delves into the lesser known factors of inflammation and oxidative stress at the cellular level. Can you explain the importance of that connection? Yes. So even though my book is, is tailored towards the fertility community with, with motivated people trying to get pregnant or sustain a pregnancy and also practitioners, because I have a lot of technical stuff in the appendices, it really could help for any chronic condition because Inflammation is what um, is associated with oxidative stress, and that is damage to the cell. That's damage to the cell's structure and also damage to the cell's information and all the parts of the cell. And so that is the root cause of all chronic inflammatory conditions that we see today that most people are having challenges with or taking medication for. And so fertility is not an exemption. So when, when our body is inflamed or when our body um, has an unwelcome guest, whether it's a toxin or some sort of um, pathogen uh, or just all kinds of stressors from whatever stressors we have, the plethora of them, it's going to switch. It's, it's going to inherently know that now is not a safe time to create a baby, whether uh, if we don't have enough energy for ourselves to, to do their daily jobs, then our body inherently knows that now's not a good time because we don't have enough energy for ourselves. How are we going to have energy to grow a human being that's super complex? Right. So uh, the book just looks at all, a, a bunch of, I'd say like I have about 12 or 13 or 14 chapters that discuss various things that cause that inflammation and oxidative stress. Yes. And we were just talking before about mold mm -hmm. and the mycotoxins. And because those aren't typically the things that, you know, come to mind when, you're thinking about having a baby and discussing fertility. What's their relevance in your research? What did you find? So mold emits uh, toxins called mycotoxins as a way to stake its territory. And that's why mold indoors is so much more problematic than mold that you find outdoors because mold indoors feels threatened. So it's going to kick out more mycotoxins and these toxins are very, very toxic to, to us and to animals. Mm -hmm. And uh, not all mold is toxic, but there is a lot of toxic mold. And there is study after study after study. If you want to go to Google Scholar, it's just scholar.google, you can type in mold and X, whatever condition. And fertility, infertility, miscarriage, there are studies. And so the, the really important thing is, first off, if you are lucky enough to get pregnant and sustain a pregnancy, we studies do show that we pass the mycotoxins on to our children in utero and through breast milk. It absolutely uh, passes through breast milk. And so, and it's not just the mycotoxins, it's all kinds of toxins. There's a um, really great talk that was done. Uh, it was a study done by the Environmental Working Group. It's a pretty famous study. They, it was called 10 Americans. And they took the cord blood of 10 brand new babies, first breath, and they tested it and they found an average of, I think it was about 
289 different chemicals, including flame retardants and Teflon. And so all of these things, we, we accumulate a lifetime of toxins and then we pass them on to our babies and our babies are born with a lot of these toxins. And so I really, really have a, a wild passion for helping women to prepare their bodies for pregnancy well before a problem even arises so that you can optimize your, your um, toxin load and, and optimize your detoxification pathways, but also optimize your nutrients because you can't pour from an empty cup. And so you want to make sure, especially in that first trimester, when you don't want to eat anything but bread and crackers, that you have the nutrient stores to pass on to your baby. That's right. Cause these are things that we don't even think about, you know, getting pregnant. We don't, we're just like, Oh, you know, I'm, I'm eating healthy and everything, but that may be the case. There may be some outside factors as well. Is there any other findings or insights that you particularly found that surprised you or even alarmed you? The, well, the mold is tied to histamine intolerance, but histamine intolerance, uh, we need histamine. Histamine plays a very, very important part in conception and also pregnancy and and it's that goldilocks zone you don't want too much but you need to have enough but most people currently have uh, histamine a bucket that's like overflowing to some degree and a lot of people think well i don't have hay fever i don't have allergies i don't have a histamine issue but Histamine can manifest in many, many more ways than just your garden variety, hay fever, seasonal allergies. Uh, it, and, and histamine and estrogen can feed each other. So if you are estrogen dominant, like if you have PMS, if you have sore breasts, if you have um, uh, a big symptom is if you feel worse around ovulation, because that's when your estrogen is highest. So if you're getting nausea, if you're getting vomiting, if you're... Um, having any other kind of symptoms as far as circadian rhythm, digestive upset, uh, that can be an indicator that histamine may be a problem and that's something that you should look into. And part of my exploration with my clients is uh, through genetics. We, uh, the software that I use um, has a lot of the histamine genes uh, mapped out so we can see how your histamine receptors are working that's you know that's like the keyhole on the cell or how your histamine is degrading and so um if you notice that you feel better on antihistamines that may be a clue but i don't recommend long-term antihistamine use because those work on your histamine receptors so they basically just close the receptors so that the histamine can't get in there so it doesn't actually make the histamine less in the body. It doesn't lower the bucket level. It just shuffles it around. But um, we have uh, certain enzymes that uh, are produced by our body that we can see looking at your genes, um, how well they're produced. And if you have genetic variants there, you might not be producing those histamine degrading, degrading enzymes very well. And so your histamine bucket can fill up and overflow a lot more and that can affect your hormones and therefore your fertility. Wow. You know, your stuff. <laughs> I like, this is the education for Gina and of course the audience, because this is like yeah. really good. I love this. I definitely love this. Now you've also dedicated a chapter on physical and emotional health. How does this interwine with the more scientific aspects of your book? Our body 
is it's a holistic body, right? We are our physical and spiritual and mental and emotional all, all rolled into one. And so, um, your emotions definitely, and your mindset can play a, a really big part in your fertility, especially if you've been on a fertility journey for a really long time, or even just, or had a single miscarriage, something in the back of your mind might think, oh, my body's broken or my body can't do this, or it's never going to happen. And, and so then that is that subconscious loop that is sort of pushing the possibility away. Um, also, you know, childhood traumas or sexual abuse, you've, you've got a lot of energy locked up in, in those areas of your body. And so um, doing things to um, tune into that and, and try and clear that energy can absolutely be a, a beneficial piece of the puzzle to, to identify. Yes, absolutely. And then you also mentioned in the chapter, like full actionable steps. Uh, could you actually highlight a few key physical health steps that readers can then just begin with? Uh, mindful breathing, it's free and it doesn't take too long. It, it could even just take not even a whole, you know, maybe a minute of your day. If it, it start as basic as you want, but just tuning into your breath, feeling your breath, moving in, feeling the oxygen moving into your body and down the back of your throat and just oxygenating your cells and it doesn't have to be any, you know, four, seven, eight breath or box breath or ujjayi breath or anything like that. Although those are techniques, but just breathing and, and, and coming in to be present with your body will help to calm your nervous system because we have two branches of our nervous system. We have the fight or flight, and then we have the rest and digest also rest, digest, repair, reproduce also called feed and breed. And so doing some of these things like mindful breathing and um, walking outside on the ground in bare feet and getting sunshine and doing something as simple as an Epsom salt bath. Um, all of these things are free or very inexpensive. And, uh, and I mention a lot more in my book as well. Um, and they can really help to calm your nervous system down and, and move it into a feed and breed reproduce state. So when our, when our nervous system is, is on fight or flight, fight, flight, or freeze, um, it's evolutionarily, you're looking like, you know, there's a predator chasing you. Mm -hmm. And so when you're using all your energy and, and you're stressing out and your cortisol is being pumped, your body is trying to deal with the stress and it inherently knows it's not a good time to make a baby. And so it halts your mating ability. And so doing these just very simple techniques and you can get, you know, really expensive tech um, gadgets and you can go see specialists. And uh, I'm a huge fan of craniosacral therapy. And I talk about that in my book. Um, there's so many things that you can do to help calm your nervous system and shift it into the parasympathetic feed and breathe state. Ooh, can we talk a little bit about the cranial sacral and then the benefits of that? Yes. Yes. Uh, have you ever gotten it done? Oh, I'm a massage therapist also. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's right. And yeah, so okay. I, I, um, so I didn't really start, it was part of the course. This is many, many years ago, but I never really practiced it. It's just been my, my expertise is just deep tissue sports massage and relaxation and breathing and all that good stuff. But I would love for you to talk about that because I am a true believer of that as well. But like I said, I never practice it as much because 
Well, at the Four Seasons, we didn't offer that. <laughs> we didn't offer that one. Mm -hmm. We should. We should. <laughs> uh, okay, so we from our our cranium to our sacrum, which is like you know tip of our tailbone, there is a, basically a loop of, of our nervous system and energy and physical injury, emotional injury, traumas can block up anywhere in that loop and, and craniosacral therapy can, can feel where those blockages are. And it sounds really, really woo woo, but I have the most amazing story that sold me. Um, and so, uh, it's really, really gentle. Some of it's just like, um, no, I've, I've only been to one practitioner and she's amazing. And I just wish that like, I could just clone her and everybody could have her for craniosacral therapy. So I don't really know what to compare her to, but she's mind blowingly amazing. But sometimes it's just, she's laying there with her, I'm laying on the table and her arms are just underneath me or she just has her hands placed gently underneath my head. And I have fallen asleep on her table numerous times. I've cried on her table numerous times. And so, um, I had cancer in 2020. I had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and I was seeing her and I had a mask on because, you know, COVID and um, at the end of my session, she goes, have you ever had any root canals? And I said, no. And she said, have you ever had any major dental work? And I said, well, I went to Mexico and I got a mercury filling removed and it wasn't done by a biological dentist. And she goes on the top left. And I was like, how did you know that? You have not looked inside my mouth. I had a mask on. She said, your immune system's reacting to it, I would get that checked out. And I said, oh, well, dentists have x-rayed my teeth before and like they've seen that the tooth is gray and, and they never said anything about it. And she said, no, you need to get a cone beam scan, which is a 3D scan and it looks up into your sinuses and down into your jawline. And so I was like, oh, they're not covered by insurance, but whatever, I'll pay the $300. And so um, the infection for that tooth was so bad that it ate through the bone to my sinus cavity. And that's why my left nostril was just like, it ran often just this clear, mm. constant running. And so that my immune system constantly reacting to that could have been one of a contributing factor to my immune system, allowing non-Hodgkin's lymphoma to take up residence. Uh, and so that, that story is just absolutely amazing. And just the fact that I always feel very grounded and open and symmetrical when I get off the table and, and just like so much more relaxed and completely in the parasympathetic rest digest state. Oh, I love that. <clears throat> it's kind of like a Reiki as well. And she must be very intuitive too, to realize all these things. And I believe in all these gifts because I'm very intuitive, intuitive as well. And because I'm learning more about my gifts and learning more and more and more. And that's why I just like, oh, I'm like into that wooey kind of mm -hmm. <laughs> phase yeah. right now. But I love that she was able to let you know, hey, you get this checked out just by touching. And like you said, you had your mask on and everything. That is amazing. Yeah, she's pretty magical. Yeah, she's all the way where you're at, huh? Not, <laughs> not in California. Yeah. No, yeah, she's in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Darn. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, I was going to also ask for, for your clients. Now, are there any like success stories or any testimonials that you'd like to also share about them? My favorite one is the histamine one, because it's just nobody thinks about histamine affecting your hormones or your fertility. So 
one of my favorite clients ever, she came to me and her periods were kind of all a mess. And I actually, I mentioned her in the histamine chapter in my book, because she's like my favorite testimonial of all time. And she had had like a heartbreaking number of miscarriages. Mm. She, I think she had like 11 miscarriages and she, so she came to me and we got her periods like perfect. She's like, my period is like, I don't even, there's no symptoms at all. Like I didn't even know it was coming and it was just perfect. And it was, you know, and so that was great. And she, um, we looked at her genes and I realized that she was very, uh, variated in her histamine genes, like, especially there out of all of the other sections and, and topics that I look at. And, um, I addressed some histamine, like a low histamine diet and some histamine degrading enzymes and, um, nutrients to support histamine degradation. And she got pregnant. So, and, and, and well, and went on to have the baby, I guess I should say, because getting pregnant wasn't her issue. Staying pregnant was her mm-hmm. issue. And, um, and that, and I, just a fun fact is that, um, sometimes, especially if women do have a lot of histamine, they might feel noticeably better in their pregnancy during their pregnancy, because the placenta makes a lot of diamine oxidase, which is a histamine degrading enzyme. And so a lot of women that might've had allergies before or sensitivities to things might notice that they just feel more resilient and robust. Um, And so it could be because the placenta is producing its own histamine degrading enzymes as well. It's that, it's that important that our bodies innately know, you know, that that is something that we need to keep in, in a healthy level during pregnancy. Yes, our bodies are so amazing. But anyways, I was going to go ahead and mention as well as as far as in your research and writing process is, were there any other findings uh, or insights about, let's see, I guess, I I guess because I had a a miscarriage, I want to know about that. Like, what are some things that can cause miscarriages? Uh, As I said, uh, could be, well, toxins a lot of the time like we we don't live in the world that we evolved in that our human bodies evolved in this pristine world and uh toxins there's so many studies on each particular toxin that and how it may affect fertility and reproduction and um and the health of our children too Um, So uh, I highly recommend, and there's so many tests that you can do to measure various toxins, not not just heavy metals, not just mycotoxins, Um, but also there are nutrient deficiencies. And yes, people can eat a perfect diet and very nutrient dense diet, but based on their genetics and based on the soil quality that might be depleted, you know, it's, it's really good to know your genetics so that you can know where your weak links are and support them. And so everybody hears about folic acid being essential for pregnancy, but, but uh, 50, about 50% of the population has a genetic variant called MTHFR that doesn't allow your body to convert, and uh, met, sorry, doesn't allow your body to convert folic acid into the form that the body needs called methylfolate. And so you can be taking folic acid, but it's not metabolizing. And so the folic acid can build up, which studies show that that has its own set of problems. Um, So then you could be deficient in the methylfolate and um, excess in the folic acid. 
Um, I, that doesn't necessarily mean that I recommend just going in and taking a high dose of methylfolate. Um, I talk all about that in my book, how that can backfire and you want to do that really, really slow and low. Um, another really important nutrient, I think even more important uh, or just as important is choline. Choline is just not talked about, but it is so important for um especially in the first trimester for the baby's nervous system and brain to be forming. And um, acetylcholine is a neurotransmitter. Uh, it's the most abundant neurotransmitter in our body. And so that's made from choline. And choline helps to drive our methylation pathway, which MTHFR is part of. And um, so I even say in my book that choline needs some time on the mic. Everybody's focusing on uh, methylfolate and MTHFR, but uh, I really think that choline is, is important too, but it's, you know, and, and I, I state that like, it's not just a, a single magic bullet nutrient. You can't, if that's just like putting one nutrient into a soil and, and, you know, hoping that that's going to make your garden flourish, but, and maybe in some rare instances, that is exactly what was needed, but it's usually multifactorial and it's, it's not something just as, you know, oh, well, I'm just going to start eating more of this food or I'm going to just take this, this nutrient. Um, it's everything working together. Right. And you also have a listener's gift as well. Can you talk a little bit about that one? Oh, um, in my opinion. So I almost titled my book kind of jokingly MTHFR is a gateway gene, uh, because it's the gene that people first learn about usually. And it is, uh, it, it, it allows, it opens people's minds up to the concept that our genes influence our health and our health influence is influenced by our genes. Um, but my freebie that I wanted to offer the world was what I consider to be my top three, my big three most important genes to start with. And PEMT, which is the gene that produces choline, um, is one of those genes. Now it's interesting. So choline is people think about egg yolks, that's, you know, that's a primary source. Um, choline is what is considered a conditionally essential nutrient, which means our body makes some of it, but we need to get the rest from diet. And so knowing your genes can see what your predisposition is for creating it. The PEMT gene is the only gene that makes choline. And, and so if you're really variated there, then you might need way more choline than the whole USDA says, you know, or the FDA says you need you know, this many milligrams and it's a hundred percent of your RDA or RDI. Um, but that's that, that whole thing on any food label with the percentage is a hundred percent is the amount that is shown to prevent diseases of deficiency. That is not the optimal amount that our bodies need. And while they do take into consideration, whether you're male or female and whether you're a child or whether you're pregnant, it really doesn't take in your genetic variability. And so that's why knowing your genes and working with somebody that is um, well-versed in understanding what that means and interpreting your genes is really going to help you to save time, money, and heartache because you're not just taking supplements willy-nilly uh, or, you know, it, or if you had a bad reaction to something, it can help you to understand why. Wow. Yeah. It's more like tailored towards your own individual person as a being, as a person. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So how can our listeners who want more depth information or understanding, get their hands on your book? It is front and center right on my website, JacquelineDowns.com, J-A-C-L-Y-N-D-O-W-N-S. 
And um, I often uh, will read some pages from my book or I will um, post client testimonials on my uh, Instagram page, uh, which is Functional Fertility Solutions. Wonderful. And as we wrap up, you know, is there one message or takeaway you'd like to leave with the audience in regarding fertility and functional medicine? It can be very, very overwhelming to learn all of the things that you should be doing or taking or avoiding or buying or not buying. And uh, I like to tell my clients to practice a, this is better than that approach. And just what can I do today that was healthier than yesterday? So that way it's not like, oh my goodness, I need to go and throw out all the cleaners under my sink and go buy all natural ones. Like, no, next time you need one, just improve the product. Or next time you need a new mascara, get a natural mascara, that kind of stuff. Or, you know, if you can buy something that's organic, it's going to have less pesticides, which are going to going to be in our bodies that our liver has to produce and may pass on to our baby. So um, you don't have to buy everything 100% organic, but what you have available and what you have funds for um, slowly make those shifts because it's the small, consistent changes that are going to end up leading to the, the big change down the road. Absolutely. And I love that. Thank you so much for sharing such good, good information. Like I love it. And you're going to help so many women. And so thank you so much for being on my show today. My absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. To my cherished listeners from the very depths of my heart, thank you. Every single one of you who've showered me with those warm five-star reviews, your kindness shines so brightly. And if you haven't yet, know that your voice and support always matter. Your unwavering love has lifted us onto Feedspot's esteemed list of best women's sobriety podcasts, and it truly warms my heart. With immense love and care, I've created something for you as well. Introducing the Overcoming Challenges mini course, crafted especially with the intention to guide and support you through life's varied phases, because we all deserve gentle guidance as we navigate life's tides. Furthermore, I have two heartfelt gifts for our listener family. One is a seven-day challenge, a tender beginning for those curious about sobriety, and the other, a personal sharing from my journey, six-step blueprint to an alcohol-free life. This encapsulates the loving steps I took, I embraced beyond AA and the traditional 12 steps that have nurtured my own sobriety journey. To embrace these tokens of gratitude and love, simply text GIFT, that's G-I-F-T, to 1-855-649-6196. Again, that's G-I-F-T at 1-855-649-6196. With all my love and deepest gratitude, I cherish each and every one of you.